listening to the Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast. Today's message comes to us from Senior Pastor of Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church, Matthew Smith. Morning. I'm glad you're here today. If this is your first Sabbath here at Marietta, you picked a good week. It's always a good week, but this is especially a good week because we're starting a sermon series today called Rhythm. Have you ever noticed how in nature there is so much rhythm? Have you felt it? Have you noticed it? Uh, Not too long ago, I was down in Panama City Beach for a little vacation, and I noticed the rhythm of the ocean. It's got the crashing waves. It's just continual. It's beautiful. I don't even like the beach, but I could go and sit and listen to the ocean for hours. It's wonderful. That natural, continual rhythm of the waves crashing in, yet they go in and out at high tide and low tide as if there's a conductor directing the music of the ocean. Have you noticed it? There's rhythm everywhere. Maybe you've seen it in the moon cycles. Oh man, the moon's cool. Looking at it, some people take pictures of it through telescopes. It's, it's, you see the man on the moon? It's kind of hard to see him there. It goes through this natural, rhythmic cycle. There's rhythm everywhere. You see it in the seasons. Almost as if uh, the Creator did this on purpose. We've got beautiful seasons, so it's not boring. Florida, that's got problems down there. You've got one season year-round. Welcome to Georgia. You get lots of seasons, and it's awesome. Uh, and when the spring comes... The the winter disappears, and it's like the daffodils, my favorite flower on earth. Here they are. They know when it's time because they've got a rhythm. They know when to bloom. They send up their fledgling stems and let the daffodils bloom to share their joy with the rest of the world. It's natural when the seasons change. You'll see it in the bird migration. Then it gets cold. You see those honking Canadian geese. They head south for the winter. And when it starts to warm up, they go back up north. They know it. It's this innate, ingrained rhythm in their life. They know what's happening. You see it in cicadas. You know what cicadas are? Ugly. That's what they are. Uh, just, just yesterday, we were at a friend's pool, and, and we were swimming, having fun, and, and one of my kids popped up over the edge, and they said, Daddy, come look at this bug! And there it was, a cicada. It looks like this. Oh, not like that. Like this. Ah, there they are. Beautiful God's creatures. You'll hear them here in a second. Have you ever experienced cicadas? Oh man! There's one kind of cicada, it's called a periodic cicada, that uh, they live most of their life in the earth, in the ground. They feed off the nutrients in the soil, and every 17 years, they all come out, and for four to six weeks, these cicadas are flying around like a plague down in Moses' time on Egypt. Have you seen them? And then they're gross and they shed their skin and it's all clinging on stuff. Ah. But it's crazy. These periodic cicadas, for four to six weeks, they're, they're flying around. The, the females are laying eggs. The males are fertilizing them. And it's like the manager at Old Navy spoke into the earpiece of every worker because every single cicada at once, they decide to go back into the earth after the six-week time period. It's this rhythm. They know what time it is. They know what to do. They come at the right time and they leave at the right time. They know exactly what's happening. They have this rhythm in their bodies, in their souls, almost like a creator made them that way. Rhythm. You've got rhythm in your bodies too. 
You ever think about your heartbeat? Ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. Some of you are a little faster. Ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. Got to slow, slow down on the uh, ice cream a little bit. Some of you are really slow because you're athletes like David Esselin or Khaled Sorensen. Bump, bump, bump. It, this, this rhythmic pulsing, it's like an audible reminder of a creator God that put a rhythm inside your life, in your heart, a continual rhythm that never stops, always is there. Some people get pacemakers if their rhythm is off, but it's this ongoing rhythm. There's another rhythm that you know of. It happens every single day. It happens in the evening time when the sun goes down and the moon comes up. Everyone naturally gets a little sleepy. Unless, unless you're maybe a nurse that works at night and you, uh, you're, you've got your cycle flip-flop, you're the other way around. We naturally get sleepy because the melatonin in our body raises in the evening time. In fact, you're 10% higher in melatonin in the evening than you are the rest of the day. Now, I'm going to stop talking about sleep because I've seen like three yawns since I said the word sleep here this morning. And in your sleep, you have rhythms too. You start off with non-REM sleep, non-rapid eye movement sleep. Uh, there's three stages in that. You've got the first stage, which is this light sleep where it's easy to be woken up. You hear, hear uh, a baby crying or you hear fireworks outside or, or if you hear the cat scratch at something, you're wide awake. Uh, the second stage, your body's temperature drops, your heart rate slows down because your body's getting ready to go. Uh, y'all are getting drowsy, I can tell it. You're getting ready to go. It's like I'm hypnotizing you, isn't it? Then the third stage is deep sleep. And this is where, you're, where you have good sleep. In fact, uh, REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, that's where your brain's really active and you dream vivid dreams. It happens once you're into this deep sleep, and there's cycles in that too. The first one's like 10 minutes long, and they get progressively longer as you sleep until the last one may be an hour long, and then you wake up. Recently, I was introduced to an app called Sleep Cycle. It's a pretty cool app. There's lots of these different apps. Uh, David Esterline actually introduced it to me. And uh, it's this app that tracks your sleep, but it's a high-tech alarm clock. Here's how it works. You pick a range of time, uh, it can be 30 minutes, 15 minutes, it can be an hour, whatever you decide, when you'd like to wake up in the morning. And the, through the microphone of your phone and the um, accelerometer in your phone, it tracks your sleep. So you plug it in, it's next to your bed, uh, it's like someone's watching you all night, which is definitely weird. And uh, as you're sleeping, the microphone's picking up on your breathing, whether it's heavy and fast or slow. It knows where you are in your sleeping. Or if you pick your phone up to check the time, the accelerometer knows, oh, he's awake. And so it tracks your sleep. And at, at uh, whatever time range you set to wake up, this, the app sees where you are in your sleep cycle. And at the lightest point of your sleep, that's when it will wake you up. So you wake up and you're not groggy. It's great. You guys can look it up later. In fact, here's a screenshot from one night not too long ago. This was my sleep. Went to bed at 10.22 p.m., woke up at 5.27 a.m., seven hours of, of sleep. Could have used a little more, let's be honest. But you can see my sleep started off and it went deep at 11, came up a little bit at midnight. I don't know what happened at 3 a.m., but I, I was awake for a few minutes there. Best part about this, uh, this sleep is right here. Zero minutes snoring, baby. That's, <laughs> that is good sleep right there. But isn't it funny how you have rhythms in your body, like a God-given rhythm for your, for your soul, for everything that happens inside you. And whether you believe it or not, God's designed each and every one of us to be connected in this rhythm that God's created for every single one of us, a life rhythm with Him. 
one that goes with Him, that moves with the ups and downs with Him, where we can be with Him, where we can see His way of living and have the best life ever. This whole series that Pastor Luke and I are preaching over the next five weeks is about this rhythm. And you'll have bits and pieces and, and, and parts of application here and, and over there, and you'll, you'll find it, but I'm, I'm praying that you have open ears that can hear and open hearts that the Holy Spirit can speak to as He helps you find the rhythm that God's made for your life. You know, this morning, uh, as we think about rhythms, it makes me think of how Americans are some of the most out-of-rhythm people on the planet. Man, our rhythm is whack! Millions of Americans live the proverbial rat race of life like it never ends. We live lives that sling us from one thing to another where there's no rhythm, it's not a dance in life, it's a, it's a herky-jerky movement of back and forth. There's no rhythm, it's just reactionary. Uh, Americans, the American Psycholo Psychological Association, they're continually studying Americans to see the level of mental health that we have. And they're finding that Americans are continually stressed out all the time. Because life never slows down, it's always uh, fast-moving, fast-paced, it never slows down. They recently did a, a survey last year, it's called the Harris Poll, back in July and August of last year. They surveyed 4,000 people. Here are the different generations, I'm sure you're in there somewhere, between age 15 and older than 70. And they, uh, they surveyed all these different people. There's a self-survey, so they're, they're answering their, their questions that, honestly as best they can. And what they found in this survey, and this may surprise you, is that young people have the highest stress in America. Now, I would think that it would be maybe mid-age, like you're in the middle of your professional career and, and you got kids and there's stress and there's bills. It's the younger people that have it. In fact, I stole their slides off of their website. Here's what they are. They're hard to read because they're small, but here's what it says. How adults rank their stress. It's the millennials and the Gen Zers and down the line that have the higher stress. There's a lot of millennials in here. I'm one of them, just barely. There's a lot of stress in America. Here, here look at this one. The common things, you could guess them, the common stressors in life, of course, and this is Gen Z in the blue versus adults in the, the darker color, Gen Z's money, of course, work, health-related concerns, and it wasn't until thinking about the economy that Gen Z's took a little bit uh, lower stance. They're stressed out. The younger people are stressed out in America, which, which uh, that, that, doesn't, that, that scares me a little bit. Or how about this one? Adults who report poor or fair mental health. They've got to rank it on a line. And they said, poor and fair, that's the lowest of low. Look at, look at Gen Z's. More than a quarter of them said that they have poor and fair mental health. And that scares me. That's the young people in our society that are struggling with their own mental health. Like, what, what's happening? And as humans degenerate and implode on themselves, it makes me ask the question, why? What went wrong? What can we do about it? And to be honest, I bet that there are many here this morning that as I talk about a God-given rhythm for life, I bet there's many here this morning that say, uh, I've got a rhythm. I already have a rhythm. I don't need a rhythm. Even if it's a man-made rhythm? What about a holy, divine, uh, creator-given rhythm? Do you think that might be better? This morning, as uh, we dive into this first part of this series, it's kind of an intro part, but my prayer is that you can listen to Jesus' words as he speaks to you here in a moment and say, do I have his rhythm in my life, or is that something that I need? If you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew's in the New Testament. It's on page 888 in the Pew Bibles, if you're 
just visiting or have never seen a Bible before, uh, grab that one right out in front of you, page 888, and that'll get you there. Uh, Matthew is a great book. He's got the best name, I think, in the Bible. And he is one of the disciples of Jesus. So what he writes down is first-hand accounts of what Jesus did. It's powerful. He saw it with his own eyes. He was there. He heard Jesus' words, and so he penned them down. And so we have a first-hand account of Jesus. And Jesus speaks to us this morning in chapter 11. But let me give you a little more context. In chapter 11, Jesus speaks about a man named John. John the Baptist. John was the precursor, the, the forerunner for Jesus. He, he was born earlier. He walks the earth earlier. He prepares the way for Jesus. How he talks with people and says, there's someone coming that you're going to need. His name is Jesus. He's the Messiah. You're going to need him. Uh, you're, we're all sinners and we need to be saved and, for, and have forgiveness for sins. And he's the one that does it. And he's down at the river. People are coming to him. They're saying, you know what? You're right. I am a sinner. They're getting baptized. Jesus shows up one day. John looks at him and says, behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And he invites, uh, uh, Jesus says, I'd like to be baptized. And John says, no, 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 no. I'm not even uh, worthy to untie your sandals. And Jesus shows us the way the steps through discipleship to have a closer relationship with God. And so he goes through with the baptism too. Jesus in chapter 11, he's talking about um, how John is in prison and how Jesus says, you guys missed it. He had this message about a savior that you needed and you locked him up in prison. Jesus continues on. He says, look, I've been in Capernaum. I've been in Sire. Uh, There's a bunch of these names in here, a bunch of these cities. They're right here. Um, Capernaum was one of them. You've got Tyre and Sidon. You've got Bethsaida. You've got Chorazin. You've got a whole bunch of cities. And Jesus says, I was with you. I worked miracles in front of you, and yet you missed it. I'm the one. And he says, you're in denial that you need a Savior. And then he gets into this phrase, this last three verses of chapter 11, that he speaks to you and me this morning. And for those of you that may feel like you're in denial about need a God, needing a God-given rhythm, this is for you. It's for me too even though I know I need it. Here's what Jesus says to you. Beautiful words. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Isn't that beautiful? And if Jesus was here this morning, if he could paraphrase his own words into a conversational style that you could just bathe in and just bask in, I feel like he would paraphrase his own words like Eugene Peterson did, as Eugene writes uh, his paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. Here's, here's how he writes it. I put it on the screen for you. He says this, are you tired? Somebody said, amen. Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that beautiful? Ah, what an awesome message from our Savior. I love to think 
of Jesus as the one that gives good gifts like rest and rhythm. Just reading this is like a de-stressor in my life. And as he invites us to walk with him, to live his way in his rhythm, it's hard to resist. In fact, I love how Jesus, when he speaks to us, he tucks these little illustrations in uh, that are powerful, they're visual aids, and they're, I love them. Uh, you know, if you've only lived in Atlanta your whole life, and there's some of you that have, uh, you've never gone outside of uh, the greater Atlanta area, when Jesus talks about putting this yoke on you, you think about this. Others of you, if you've been to your local Cracker Barrel, you might think of yoke like this. You seen one of those? They go on a horse. Here's what it looks like on this trusty steed here. It's this padded uh, yoke that goes over their neck, rides on their chest and their shoulders, their muscular shoulders, and then the cart or the carriage or whatever they're pulling is attached to this yoke. And it's really to enhance their power so they can really lean into that yoke and pull it. It's maximizing their pulling effort. And as Jesus talks about a yoke, I don't even think he's talking about this kind. I think he's talking about this kind. Have you seen one of those before? I used to live on a farm growing up. I've seen these before. In fact, I watched YouTube videos this last week on how to put a yoke on a cow. That, this is what happens during sermon writing. Pastor Luke will agree that you guys digress and then you get in the wormhole of, of YouTube and then you start watching videos on yokes. Like, it doesn't help the sermon at all. But I, now I know how to hitch up a, an ox to this, this yoke. But I don't have a yoke, ox and I don't have a yoke, so that doesn't matter. So this is the kind of yoke that I believe Jesus is talking about. It's two heads, and you put one ox in one side, one ox in the other, and they pull together. In fact, most seasoned farmers will tell you this, that if, if they've got a young ox, they'll put him together with an older, experienced ox. The older ox will put his head in there, they hitch him up, the young ox kind of wrestles and he gets his head in there too. And as the older, more seasoned ox walks, the young ox walks. As the older ox plows and pulls, the young one watches and plows, and they do it together all the way as they're working together, step by step, pace by pace, the rhythm of the older teaching the younger continually until they're done. And as Jesus invites us to take his yoke on our shoulders, do you begin to see a beautiful picture of who God is? A God that doesn't say, here's your burden, you carry it. It's a picture of a God that says, I want to help you find the rhythm of carrying your burdens, and I'll carry it with you. Let's pull together. When I step, you step. When I walk, you walk. Come with me on the journey of life, and I'll show you the rhythm that I've given you. He takes a step, you take a step, side by side, moving together. With him, the burdens of life are manageable. With him, struggles aren't the end of the world. With him finding his pace, living in his rhythm, your life becomes not a reaction to things that happen to you, but a response as you trust in the one that pulls with you. I don't know what your rhythm looks like this morning in your life. For some of you, your rhythm is breakneck speed, nonstop, full throttle, all the time. You never stop. Your life is headed for cardiac arrest. For others of you, you can't find rhythm because you continually get knocked down over and over again, and you can't stand up to even walk. For still others of you, you don't see what you're missing, believing that you have a rhythm, even if it's a man-made rhythm. And yet Jesus invites you to learn his rhythm, his pace. 
It's a perfect rhythm. It's a rhythm with your best interest in mind. It, it goes slow when it needs to go slow. It goes fast when it needs to go fast. It backs up if it has to. But it's his rhythm that's a perfect rhythm for your life. If you're parents, you'll understand this, this closing illustration. Because as parents, it's the most difficult job in the universe, and it might be the most rewarding too. It is so difficult, and it's so rewarding. Uh, things like helping your kids learn how to ride a bike. When Caffrey was just a little baby, and Caffrey, I'm hoping you get your shoes on soon. When Caffrey was just a little baby, we wanted to expose him to bike riding. Because, man, I love to be out on a bike. It's probably my favorite thing. If I could choose anything to do with my wife, it would be to go ride bikes. I love it. In fact, since, since Caffrey was a little baby, we took him out on rides. There he is. You can't even see it. Yes, that's my hip in spandex. Don't look too closely. And there's Caffrey in his, in his car seat back in the trailer. You can see his toes sticking up. Ah, that boy, look at him. He, uh, there he is, even with the infant carrier in there. I probably would have just strapped him in there. He couldn't even hold his head up yet, but my wife's wisdom prevailed, and she said, put him in the car seat first, honey. We took him on rides all over the place. Here, we're down in Florida on this one. There he is, getting a little suntan, just having fun. I love being out riding my bike. Hey, buddy, you can just sit up here. Thanks, man. Um, Caffrey was so little, he wasn't even a year old yet, and we just wanted him to enjoy biking. It, it's my, one of my favorite things, and I want to pass it on, right? Don't you want to give joy to somebody else? Give the good things? Let me share what I know with you. So we, uh, we'd even put him on my bike. Here he is. <laughs> Full arrow position. You can go fast like that. Ah, what a guy. Soon enough, he had his first birthday, and we got him this bike. His first bike ever. There it is. I think the brand name is Chillafish. You ever heard of a Chillafish? Oh, there you go. And it's actually a tricycle, and, and once you, uh, it's a balanced bike, there's no pedals on it. But after a little while, once the kid gets pretty good at balancing on three wheels, you flip the wheels around and it becomes two wheels. And oh, Caffrey loved this thing. He, in, in the seat, there's a little compartment where you can put snacks and toys and things in it. And he would try his best to ride around on the carpet, and we'd be on our hands and knees, walking next to him, kneeling, crawling next to him. Hey, buddy, lean a little this way. Ooh, wow, easy, buddy. Go, go a little faster, a little slower. Working with him. Let me show you how to ride this thing. It's awesome. Uh, he, he had his first birthday pictures on his bike. Loved it. <laughs> what a dude. But pretty soon he outgrew this little balance bike, and we had to get him a new one. So we got him a bike, and I could not find a picture of it, but I did find a video of him riding it. And it's funny because as soon as we got him this bigger balance bike... He took off like he didn't need us anymore. Just on his own. Here he is, going for a little ride. There he is. <laughs> you, can, you can hear his tires just grinding up the pavement. <laughs> He's already experiencing the joy, but it's not full joy yet because he hasn't learned how to really ride a bike. He's learned how to balance on a bike. He's moving along, and finally we said you know what, it's time for him to get a real bike, a big boy bike with pedals on it. And so one Christmas morning, he came downstairs to this good-looking little, little Schwinn Safari. Green, that's, what, that's all he said. Green, Daddy, look at there. And we went outside, we went up to the cul-de-sac, and that's when the frustration began. Have you tried to teach your kids how to ride a bike? Oh. It's so much work. 
bent over, back breaking, holding onto a seat, trying to run. Uh, the wheels and tires roll over your feet. When the bike falls, it lands on your shins. When the kid falls, it's your fault. Have you been there? But it's so worth it. As Caffrey and I and, and Jen too are up there running behind us. Caffrey, you're doing great. Pedal, 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 pedal. Okay. Turn a little bit. Oh, slow down. Hit the brakes. Let me show you how to do it. I'll walk right next to you. We'll figure it out together. I know how to do this. Just trust me. We'll do it together. You watch. Here, let me get my bike. Watch how I do it. Now you learn from me. Here, I'll come right next to you. Now you can do it. And we spent hours and hours. And there were times where there were pauses where he said, I don't want to ride a bike anymore. And I said, I don't want to try and teach you anymore. And after a while, this bike got too small. And so we got another bike. And first service missed out on this because they came to first service. But now, Caffrey can do something cool. You want to show him? You want to do it up here? You want to go down the middle? Down here? Let's do it up there. That way they can see. And if, uh, if he wrecks, you can hold me to it. I'll get him some ice cream or something. You going to do it up here, buddy? Now remember, there's a piano over there. So you've got to be ready to break, too. All right. We're not going very far. This is high stress right here. Are you ready, man? All right. Yeah, baby. All right, stop, stop, break. Oh. Thanks, buddy. I'll still get you some ice cream. Isn't it cool to see what happens when a parent and a kid can work together and show them something so cool? How much cooler is it to think of the Creator God that says, I've got such incredible joy for you. I've got a beautiful rhythm for your life. Let me walk with you. Let me take that yoke with you. Let's walk together and I'll show you something that will blow your mind. This morning I'm praying for you that you see your need for a rhythm, a God-given divine rhythm for your life, that you may bask in His presence right next to you and that every step He takes, you take one too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning I'm rejoicing in how good of a God you are and how much you care about us, that you've given us something beautiful to live, to live for, to live with as you walk right next to us. And I'm praying for each person here this morning as they live their life. May we see our need for a rhythm, your rhythm in us. And God, we love you and we can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name. hope you were inspired by today's message, and we would love to hear from you. If you would like to contact one of our pastors, find out more about what we believe, or for information about our service times in Marietta, Georgia, please visit www.mariettaadventist.org. If you were inspired by today's message, please share it with your friends. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are available.